the artifice of reproducing something that happened in reality, whether it's a photograph or an audio capture, it's ne- it just it's never perfect. And you got to alter it to make it more real. No, I don't really want to die. called ideas adrift and it is all about exactly what it sounds like unpacking the creative process how do we know which ideas to chase and how do we bring them to life but it also allows for these conversations to be rambling because you're hearing our own ideas drift in real time and i'm joined by chad stalker hello and i'm jeff milo you've been listening to me alone for the last few episodes but our co-host is back in town chad Hi. yeah i'm back so good to see you thanks thanks good to be here it's been months yeah um it's been months uh my girlfriend would say it's been three months total i think that i've been yeah. out of town yeah yeah for she her, and so. and i and she's counting she <laughs> and i have been counting the days <laughs> yeah. uh chad was on the road uh in fact he was on Roads, uh, plural. He was on the the traditional Willie Nelson road, like here in the states, and then he was on roads across the ocean. Fun, fun, fun on the autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were in. You were literally in in Germany. Did you go to Did you go to Berlin? Yeah, we went to Berlin. We played in Berlin. Uh, we played in uh, Bergheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bergheim's like a international famous place i don't know if you recognize it or mm-hmm. not but it's like uh i know berlin is cool i'm well aware it is uh yeah no every every i mean almost every place we went to is cool in mm-hmm. its own way uh berlin is a big city uh bergheim was the like compound we we played a bar that's inside bergheim um, but it's most famous for its rave scene Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to wait in line like three hours to get in. You can get turned away at the door if you're not dressed right. Oh my There's gosh. all sorts of crazy stuff happening inside. Uh, I waited in the line with Clancy because he is a dance guy. He Ryan likes Clancy, to go drummer. Dance. Yep, Ryan Clancy, drummer extraordinaire mm-hmm. and all around wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he really wanted to go dance, and so he did. Uh, we waited in the line, me and Clara. Clara um, Salier, uh, she is the guitarist, and um, and we waited in line, and then we left. <laughs> <laughs> but Steph and Ryan went in for a little bit, uh, and it's yeah. There's like apparently there's a guy in the men's bathroom who wants you to pee in his face. Oh, um, there's like tons of leather rooms and dungeons and all sorts of real crazy stuff like Doesn't that, that disappoint. going on <laughs> when you when i heard rave scene in germany uh, you know yeah. I, I had some images come in and these were some of them yeah uh, they love detroit you know because okay. detroit you know detroit's sort of one of the forefathers of uh, electronic Techno. music mm-hmm. so they're you know they were definitely they liked talking to us All right. you know i'm um, just trying to figure it out because 
You're going to rave all night. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of this as an old man, and that's going to require a lot of body movement to then have to stand for three hours and get your joints all stiff while you're waiting as an endurance test. Yeah, there's a lot of drugs, I think, oh, well, there help. You, go. you know, like ever, there's a lot of, like, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, there there's the, uh-huh. the typical dance stuff you know Fuel. like mdma mm-hmm. and cocaine mm-hmm. and you know plenty of marijuana and i enjoy dancing but i need this to make me dance <laughs> all night all night <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> yeah uh germany was fun we played yeah. um we did i think five cities in germany um, we went to Hamburg yeah. I walked around the Reeperbahn which for me was like the Bergheim you know like that was I was like you know the Beatles walked on this street right you know they big deal when they went they, there they were here yeah. you know and so that was cool and we you know just went to the Reeperbahn after the after our gig in Hamburg and got some pizza mm-hmm. but it was good you know German pizza yeah uh First time in Europe. <clears throat> yeah, my first time in Europe ever. How long did it take you to normalize? Does tour normalize? No. All? Yeah. No, it never does. Yeah. I'm eating German pizza. Yeah. Uh, like we we were we always we we would one of our things was cute breakfast. Uh, <laughs> where's you know is is there going to be a cute breakfast at this hostel? <laughs> you know, is there a cute breakfast today? Uh, Their uh, breakfasts are so much better than American breakfast. Although I love American breakfast too, but. You know, we also uh, don't like to take the time to make the breakfast. Uh, we all feel like we got to get out to our work day, so we just scramble some eggs and throw them on a plate. Yeah, like they have like soft boiled eggs in these cute little dishes yeah. that the egg sits in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's always like good bread, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we put the time and care into it. You can make a cute they, breakfast. They do. They make they they do a lot of cute breakfast. We're in a hurry to make cute breakfasts. Not too much. No, no. Yeah. Uh, coffee is the same way. Everything's little. <laughs> Espresso. Like even just a regular, if you say I want like an American coffee, it's still small. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like an, I've got like a 12 ounce thing. I brought my own mug. It was one of the things I made room for in my in my <laughs> suitcase and never used it because it was never, I never had enough coffee <laughs> to put in that thing, you know? Was the <laughs> caffeination delivery stronger not necessarily no i don't think so i don't know i don't sleep much in the vehicles because like we're always sitting upright and i can't really sleep like that yeah uh so i guess it didn't really matter much a lot of headphones and leading head on the window a lot of headphones everybody you know we talked about this on the last podcast Mm -hmm. and uh you know everybody's in their own little headphone world generally And, and like traveling around europe is Exactly like traveling around the states, really. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just have to pay for the toilet. Yeah, well, there you which go. Which is different. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, Mostly every uh, response I'll have to your stories is, "That's bizarre that they do that." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I've never been. Yeah. What about those electrical outlets? <laughs> oh yeah, electrical outlet was always a thing. <laughs> you know, we got special. Uh, uh, we got special uh, power supplies for our pedal boards. Oh, uh, made from Eventide, and they had different plug adapters, and the and inside it would, you know, like uh, uh, 
what is it called? Um, transfer, not transfer. It would, uh, you know, do uh, something. What is it called? Transmogrify. It would oscillate. Do the power right. Yeah. <laughs> it would yeah. condition the power correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so It would DC the AC? It's nice. It's like voltage, I uh-huh. think. Uh-huh. It's more, I think it's voltage. Voltage yeah, control. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I don't know that much about that. But yeah, it's, that's what it was. Yeah. So those were cool little units we had. And then we rent gear from a place in Czech's in Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, we had a driver from Czech. Uh, her name was Clara. So we had Clancy, Clara, Clara and Clara. And Clara and Clancy. And then one of Steph's friends came with us for a few days, and her name was Claire. Oh, no. Uh, we picked her up in Germany, and she stayed with us until Paris. Um, and then Be very I'm, careful when you called out a name for a request. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. And then Chura and Chad. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. yeah, there's there a lot of C and C-H. C-L. C-L yeah. and C-H. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, it was great. What pedals did good. you bring over there? I brought my... Uh, it took me a really long time to figure out what kind of uh, dirt pedal to bring on the road for the summertime tour. I, I did that describe, plenty of research. Let's describe what it does to the sound. Dirt. Does it dirtyify it? It yeah yeah <laughs> you would call like a fuzz or distortion okay. or overdrive pedals dirt pedals okay it's kind of a slang uh-huh. in the pedal world yeah uh, I ended up with a, a funny one that I I'm sure most people would laugh at but it was a it's a DoD grunge pedal love it came out in you know early nineties uh-huh. and uh, it's specifically for bass and there's a pedal called the Rat. Um, R-A-T-T, like the 80s band? No, just the R-A-T. And that's like a really, it's just your typical, you know, like distortion. It's just like your, not typical, but it's just like a great, perfect distortion box. And this one is basically a rat inside of a DOD pedal. They recreated it. And then there's another knob on there called the blend knob. So you can blend the dirt with your original signal. Mm -hmm. And you need that with bass. Often times mm-hmm. you need it with bass because when you turn a dirt pedal on, it sucks the low end out of the signal. And so ah. the blend knob, you can blend in your original signal, which will have plenty of bass, hopefully, if that's what you're into. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes your, it sucks the low end out. So it kind of makes it sound a little more like tighter, maybe even more like elastic. It's like it's a higher register. Yeah, and then also it can be harsh. Okay. Um, but harsh is okay as long as there's some low end in there too. All right. Yeah. And so on Steph's record, there were a few songs that he definitely used distortion on, you know, with the bass. So I wanted to be as, uh, you know, true to the sound. Yeah. Uh, mostly for the people in the band. Because yeah. when I first started rehearsing with them, they were particular in a way that I, like the high struggle is never particular about. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll try to get it, like, I'll try to be as particular about it because that's what they're hiring me to do. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so I got a distortion pedal and I have this... Uh, Iron Ether Nimbus pedal, which is a reverb pedal specifically geared towards low-end instruments. Sounds very prog. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's more like 
I know like a lot of synth players will use this okay. pedal because synth, you know, brings in a lot of sub bass sound and they make a lot of synth pedals also. So you can use all these iron ether pedals in tandem to make like a really cool synth sound. But I wanted it for bass and uh, I use it for maybe a collective uh, 10, 15 seconds for the whole set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a tuner. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. European um, tour. Yeah. You know, basically yeah. the same as the American tour. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you get to the place, when you start talking to people, they have accents. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw some sites. Yeah. Beyond yeah, I, saw, the I saw a few cool things, yeah. Uh, in like Rotterdam, there are the uh, cube apartments. They're like all shaped like cubes and they're like suspended in the air kind of. And uh, so we did a walkthrough of those. Wow. Uh, I saw the River Seine and yeah. uh, the uh, Notre Dame, mm -hmm. you know, being rebuilt. Rebuilt. Yeah. So yeah. I have some photos of that. Um, what else? Um I liked, you know, when you're driving through to, from city to city, you see a lot of countryside mm -hmm. and we got lost in some country like, you know, villas and, you know, hamlets and stuff. Yeah. And that driving I over cobblestones. was the coolest stuff. You know, like I loved getting lost because then we'd be driving through these really little tiny towns in Germany or Amsterdam. And I thought that was really cool. Looking. Yeah. The cows all seem happier in, uh -huh. in, in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I imagine the air is probably a little cleaner, so and they're all not being harvested for McDonald's. Right, uh, GMOs are illegal, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it just seemed like the cows and the sheep, and there were some really beautiful sights we we got to see in uh, England. Also, mm. I, there were some really nice, like Lord of the Rings, like countryside out there. Beautiful, like really pretty. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, we went to um, Manchester. was was a really cool place, you know, because I just, you know, I like a lot of Manchester music. I, yeah, I loved it in the past, and so it was cool to go there. And I, it was like the only place I was nervous to play at because I, I was like, these people really like music here. I strung are big fans <laughs> of the Buzzcocks. Oh yeah, I strung likes the Buzzcocks. Um, yeah, Joy Division. Yeah. Joy Division for sure. Stone Roses. Happy Mondays. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff from there. And I, they're kind of like Motown in a way, you know. They're, yeah, aren't they kind of like, like the Detroit of Factory Europe? Records and, you yeah. know, the the uh, Hacienda and then, you know, like all of their creative ways of putting out music, you mm -hmm. know, from that, you know, um, they would put out like a t-shirt would have its own you know like number you know uh, so it'd be like, like that the blurt seven inch and yeah. then this t-shirt and, and then some weird toy and then you know joy division they yeah <laughs> and those are all like cataloged in their number system i don't know it's in the it's in the uh one of the documentaries wasn't it uh, interesting to see how, I don't know, how the, the internet works and that you can go over to Europe as an uh, American artist, you know, Steph's going over there and there's crowds in the venue? I was, you know, really surprised. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like Hamburg was a weird one because um, King Khan, mm -hmm. 
he was playing in the other room and he was playing like a later show and they wouldn't put us on the bill with them. So we did like the early show in the upstairs venue mm -hmm. and the people going to see King Khan could pay five extra dollars and come and see our show first. So oh. it was okay. a little weak of an audience, but the audience that was there were like, so cool, yeah. you know, and they like called us up for like two or three encores and then... Great. Steph like had everybody in the audience in a group hug at the end of it all. Yeah. <laughs> it That's fun. awesome. And then we went and saw King Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the barbecue show or um, whatever. Well, not is. the barbecue show. It's this other thing that he was doing without right. barbecue. Okay. Uh, but, you know, similar garage rock thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. We play with some little, some little towns in Germany. Jena. They, uh, is it true that they just, you know, Take care of their touring bands more over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about that. There's that snapshot, you know, the classic high-strung four-year odyssey of playing in dives and not this. It's like, I think bars could learn a little bit from that, you yeah. know. It's almost, you know, it's too bad that bar owners don't get to go on tour of Europe and be, be great. in bands, you know, to see how the Europe venues treat the the bands mm -hmm. you know like they there's always a spread and there's a you know there's always something there and they was um you know probably a third of the venues had their own quarters for the bands to even sleep in so you know you can arrive early and you can you know take a poop in a clean toilet sure. you know and you can eat and then you know chill out and do your sound check and then go back to your place for a minute and chill out again and you know it's like yeah it feels good um and even when there wasn't like a place to stay yeah at the venue they were still you walk in and like dinner is in an hour and a half, but here's some bread and some cheese and right. some chocolate. And, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this is like a Renaissance thing. <clears throat> you know, Europe is the home of centuries and centuries of great art. And I, I don't know. I haven't read enough books to say whether or not Michelangelo was fully appreciated in his time, but obviously Europe is probably aware of its identity as this home of creating masterpiece artists and supporting them and funding them. That must be where the history comes in. They are fully aware of how important the arts are, even if it's music, even rather, even if it's like a random band from Michigan coming in. Um, I still sounded like an asshole at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, uh... you know what I mean though? Yeah, no, you maybe know. maybe that has something to do with it. Because, I, I mean, I would think that, you know, Detroit would think that way. You yeah. Know, considering we've been so, uh, uh, we've added, we've given the world so much. Right. You know, and but, that, so we would say, oh, this is very important. We have to uh, nurture it is the word yeah. I'm looking for, nurturing it. Yeah. But um, I feel like in Detroit, though, it's interesting because I think that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but... Um, I feel like Detroit loves their local artists more than their their touring artists yes. that come in, you know? Yes. Like, I really, you feel really special in Detroit yeah. when you're a Detroit band. Yeah. 
And people come to see you. Right. And you, you know, and they you know, like you can it. headline the magic bag. And right. It's a big room and it feels like a theater. And yeah. Um, and then another band might be touring into the magic <clears throat> bag and only have like 50 people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it's like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, back, I remember, you know, and back in the old days, you would go to an after party after after a gig in Detroit, yeah. and you know, so there was all, all hospitality in a different sort of way, but it seemed more like uh, scene driven and not right. less like um, uh, in the biz- business driven, like right, the right. venue you go to. And without, and again, I'm going to sound like an asshole on the mic here, but we're also talking about tiers, certain tiers of where you're at in your career, because obviously, if Tame Impala toured into Detroit. It would sold. It would sell out. That's like a yeah. It's a global name at this point. Yeah, but they're playing yeah. Little Caesar Arena. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you I know? was like pretty surprised to hear that. Yeah, man, I have a, a whole oh, sidebar shit. on Tame Impala. I want to go into in a minute, but okay. you know, if you if you are at a band that just has like two records out, three records out, and uh, I'm just telling you it's 144. Oh, yeah. No, well, well, yeah. Our guest is arriving soon. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, I'll wrap this up, but I still want to get to my Tame Impala sidebar. But if you are a band that has two albums out, three albums out, and you're just touring in, if you're at that tier where whatever you measure band success or awareness at, if you have like 15,000 social media followers, whatever it is, and you don't have 200,000 like Tame Impala, if you're touring into a city like Detroit, and I bet it's the same in other scenes it's harder it is really hard to get that draw unless you've gotten you know blurbed somewhere massively like or if you get like a a hot you know mention on sound opinions or something it's really hard to to make it around the states it's pretty cool that a band that only has two albums out three albums out gets to go to europe and meets people who are enthusiastic about it so yeah we are continuing to shit on america and support of europe here (laughs) <laughs> on the mic this uh i mean our american tour in the summertime was pretty great yeah you know, they we had crowds in every place we played that's awesome you know um which is you know and we headlined that was steph's first time headlining a to a whole tour yeah you know so she like had to bring that and uh she did i mean you know her, uh, she's great her songs are great yeah she has a record label that was helping you know, with publicity and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. And uh, so if you have some money behind you, then, you know, that helps. Mm-hmm. The High Strung never had much in, mm-hmm. by way of that. Like we weren't never on like a label as big as Saddle Creek. Um, and so there wasn't always, you know, the, wasn't always the big push Every time we also we would we didn't just go out on tour for our records coming out. We just, you would just go on tour, go on tour, right? Right, because <laughs> we didn't well, we didn't know what else to do. Right. Still, it's yeah. just fascinating to think about how it all how it all works and and what works and you know and it it depends on a lot of factors, like you said. It does depend on um, it does depend on a label, but it also does it definitely does depend on you know, the the disposition of the person the artist themselves who's who's, mm-hmm. who's up for the up for the adventure and and uh for sure because steph has made friends you yeah. know like she's been out on the road by herself she's yeah. been out on the road with the other seven or eight bass players she's had <laughs> yeah you have to make those uh, connections and she knows a lot of people in a lot of towns and you know like um that helps a, a lot mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. um 
you know, so she, and she's young too. And so she's like kind of grown up with social media. Whereas for the high strong, it's like a hassle Mm -hmm. and like, you know, a heartache to post stuff online and, you know, like it's reflexive almost for the younger folks. It's, 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 Mm -hmm. it's built into their daily routine. Yeah. They're just ready to, you know. Yeah. Um, I think all that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I asked my friend Seth, who is in a band called Floating Action, um, out of uh, uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina, right by Asheville there. And he puts out tons of records. Um, and I asked him how he does his promotion and where he sells them. And does he have distribution? Does he have a record label? He's like, well, we had a record label for one of our releases in the last 10 years. Um, basically they sold it online, uh-huh. you know, on his website and on their website. And the only promotion they ever did was through social media. Yeah. He's like, I'm not spending a, you know, 2000 a month right. on like a promotion person now. Cause it doesn't do right. anything. Right. It's so just, it brings the playing field down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to really talk with you here. Just, not that we have all the answers yet, but it's just interesting to think about and talk about how, how it's all working these days. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that have changed and there are a few yeah. things that are similar. You yeah. know, like there's still that who you know. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And that I guess will always be. And you do need the drive. Point. Not just yeah, not just a vehicle to drive yourself. You need right. the will and the drive to not be disenchanted. Well, that's one going. of the things I, I um, impressed about Steph yeah. You know, that she, that impresses me right off the bat, yeah. you know, like I feel, she feels like sort of like my family, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit now, like, you know, and I'm impressed with her, you know, she does have drive, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have a drive in a way that is irritating, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, like she's just sort of naturally driven. Yeah. And you can see that. And, um, that's why she's where she's at, you know, yeah. this, this is her second record. I think her third record is going to be even better. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, well, we're glad you're home, Chad. Uh, Thank you. One quick note before we finish this. Uh, when I first encountered the High Strong, one of the first things that I learned about the band was that they uh, donated their van to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, you were on a label called Park the Van, mm-hmm. and I always thought that it was funny that you parked the van, your van, yeah. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then I couldn't figure out which came first. Oh, definitely. We parked the van at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before we signed with Park the Van record label. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Yeah. So um, uh, that's yeah. serendipitous. Yeah, we'll go into all of that when we do our Ideas Adrift, Ideas Adrift. Uh, special mini series on the High Strong the history of the High Strong. You've been listening to Chad's Return episode of the Ideas Adrift podcast. My name's Jeff. More to come. Stay tuned. Pressure in every direction. Oh.